0: The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. We're exploring the meaning of that mystery during these weeks of Advent. Why don't you have a seat and we'll talk about that a little bit more. As we're digging into this uh, text from John chapter 1 and with the focus on the Word became flesh and dwelt among us and we have seen His glory, glory as of the only Son of the Father, full of grace and truth, we're unpacking that in kind of in stages. So the, uh, the first week, a couple weeks ago, we looked at the uh, very first part of John chapter 1, the first several verses, talks about in the beginning was the Word. We picked out a couple of words from there, talking about the Word, which we know to be Jesus, which also we understand, especially from John's Gospel, Jesus is the full revelation about God. We're also learning, and we'll talk more about this next week, that the Word, Jesus, teaches us about two words in particular, grace and truth. Sorry, I didn't have that one up there. Uh, That's the full revelation. The world, talking about the word for the world, the world oftentimes in John, not always, but oftentimes, and we'll see that again today, talks about those who are standing in opposition to God. Last week we looked at the the next five or so verses which followed, looking especially at John the Baptist, the voice to the world, and we, uh, we noted that really John uses the word witness or or bear witness, we talked about how we also are a voice to the world and, and said that voice is more than just what you say, it's also what you do. So word plus actions equals voice. Today we're talking about the light of the world based on pretty much the next uh, four or five verses in, in John chapter one. And we're going to Quickly skip through those verses to talk about uh, uh, some things that would be helpful for us to be aware of. These are in your, your sermon outline. You don't have to write anything down there, but just the way that the words are emphasized are in there. So for instance, we have underlined uh, from verse 5, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. That verb shines stands out, not just because of shining, but also because this is Well, almost every other verb in John chapter 1, what goes before and what comes after this, is past tense, something that's already happened. Shines is, if you know your English grammar, is present tense, something that's taking place right now. We're going to talk a little bit more about that. It shines in the darkness, and, and while the darkness would like to overcome it, it has not been able to do so. Then John tells us that the the true light, which enlightens everyone was coming into the world, the true light, as compared with John the Baptist, who was not the light, but came to bear witness to the light, the true light, Jesus, enlightens everyone. This is the only other verb, enlightens, is the only other verb in John 1 that's present tense, and you can see why that would be. It relates to the the word shines, and, and we'll fill that out a little bit more later. But this word, this light, enlightens everyone. There's a couple ways to understand that. I think probably the way John meant it was it enlightens everyone who trusts in Jesus. Because he talks about that just a few verses later when he says that to all who did receive Jesus, to all who received Jesus, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. So I think that's probably the, the main way that John is talking about it here. But we also know That even those who don't know Jesus can still be enlightened by those who do know Jesus. And we can have a positive influence on them. Going on, he was in the world and the world was made through him, yet the world didn't know him. Why not? Well, one explanation certainly could be, well, they hadn't heard about him. Communication back then was a lot different than it is now. Jesus walked in Israel. People, uh, even all over Israel, would not necessarily have heard of him. But, but John gives us another reason. That's one. But John gives us another reason as well, and that has to do with the idea that the world really is all of those who are opposed, stand in opposition to Jesus, so there were many who knew about him, but they did not know him because they didn't want to know him. Because they didn't like what he said, they didn't like what he stood for. They preferred darkness to light. And that's true, and this, this really um, seems to amaze the writer of John's Gospel, John. That this is true not only of the world in general, but also of God's people, in particular the Jewish nation. He came to his own, Jesus did. And his own people did not receive him. And and you would think that they would have, because they had all the Old Testament prophecies that, that pointed to the coming Messiah, to this word made flesh. For some reason, the majority of them did not receive him, but instead rejected him. In fact, they were the ones who were the most fiercely opposed to him. But not everybody was opposed to him, so John goes on, to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. You know what that means, don't you? It means that we are entitled to that name. I use that word entitled intentionally because it's gotten a bad connotation of late. There's nothing wrong with being entitled. Now sometimes we forget that there's a difference between feeling entitled, which is not always a good thing, and actually being entitled, which is a very good thing in this case especially, because this entitlement is not something that, that we claim any responsibility for having achieved, rather we are entitled to be called the children of God because he gave us that right. He gave to us the right to become children of God. We were made children of God by the Son of God in a supernatural way. And that's what John talks about next. We were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. That's talking about a spiritual rebirth. We saw that happen uh, for Silas and for Maya this morning in baptism. And it happens whenever the Lord touches us and and works faith in us. The spiritual rebirth. Supernatural. Supernatural is also a description of uh, the birth, or at least the conception Of Jesus that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Just think of the incredible love and and humility that action took, to, to become flesh, for God to become flesh and then to be born into this world. If he had done nothing else, I mean that wouldn't have been enough according to God's plan, but if he had done nothing else, That would be proof positive to us of Jesus' love for us and his great humility to be willing to become one of us. Not just to become one of us, but also to dwell among us. He's here with us. And we know that even though there are times where we don't feel that for whatever reason, but we know that to be true. We also know that his glory is best seen in his humility at at Christmas, and then also his sacrifice for us on Good Friday, although I'll have to say the resurrection was pretty cool, (laughs) as were the miracles of Jesus, one of the kids mentioned that earlier, the transfiguration, the ascension of Jesus, all of those showed his glory, but nothing showed it more than his willingness to become flesh to dwell among us, his willingness to go to the cross and give himself up for us there. And Next week, we're going to talk about a little more about those words, grace and truth. So that's a pretty quick explanation of the text. I would like to spend a little time uh, with an application for the text. And this is where the lights are going to go out. So um, not just yet, but parents... As you, um, if you want to put your kids on your laps or or hold their hand, or if you think it'd be better if they weren't in here, you're certainly welcome to that. We're going to close, I think we're going to close those um, doors and we're going to turn off the lights maybe in the hallway if we can. We know it's not going to be pitch dark, we're not trying to make it pitch dark. When the lights go out though, and they're going to be out for two minutes and then they're going to come back on, I'm not going to say anything. Pretty hard for me to be quiet for two minutes, especially during a sermon, but... I'm not going to say anything. I simply want you to see what you observe during that time, all right? I was never so glad to see the light. I was afraid it wasn't going to come back on there uh, for a minute. I thought, this certainly has been two minutes or longer. So what did you notice? We don't have time to go around and ask you, but I had anticipated some things and and some things that I would notice and and maybe that you would notice. How many of you noticed the candles up here? Is that the first thing you noticed or or another source of light? Maybe it was the... uh, the exit signs, or maybe there's a little bit of light coming from somewhere else. What else did you notice? Did you notice people coughing? Yeah, that, What we, in the dark, things are kind of amplified, aren't they? Even a, even a small light we see, or, or even a, a small noise we hear. I'm sure your eyes started to grow accustomed a little bit to the light. You started to get a little bit used to it, but then... For me, and of course because I'm always concerned that things got these great ideas and they're not going to work out, was, uh, okay, how long are we going to be in the dark? He said two minutes, but two minutes seems like a long time. You can start to get used to the dark a little bit, but, but it can also seem to kind of close in on you and, and we can become in, uncomfortable in the dark. Other times, what do we know about the dark? We can become very comfortable with Darkness. All right. So let uh, those and anything else that you noticed uh, let that um, float around in in your mind as as we think about darkness and light for a few minutes, because we know the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. What is darkness? Well, it could be evil, and lots of times it is. When when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane and they were coming to arrest him, what did he say? This is your hour in the power of darkness. And when Jesus was on the cross for three hours, what happened? Darkness crossed the earth. Evil, darkness was triumphing. And the question for us is, how often is that darkness part of our lives? When we let evil, sin, Get the upper hand in our lives. You know, there's another way that we use that term darkness. If we say, oh, I'm in the dark about something, what does that mean? It means I don't know. And remember what we were told about Jesus? That he came to the world, but the world did not know him. His own people did not know him. John says they did not receive him, but he's using those in the same way. to not know Jesus is to not receive him. The light shines in the darkness. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. Jesus doesn't want the darkness to still be a part of our lives. He doesn't want us to become comfortable with darkness. Now what we know about light is sometimes it hurts our eyes. And the light of Jesus can do that, can't it? As, as He shines into our lives and, and reveals things about ourselves that we certainly don't want anybody else to see and, and maybe we don't want to see them even ourselves. And yet His light shines in our lives still. To this day, Jesus is the light of the world. And we invite His light, His light into our lives, don't we? Especially the light of His grace, which which doesn't expose our sin, but erases it. With His blood shed for us on the cross. His forgiveness granted to us. And so we receive Him. We thank Him for the light of His grace and and the light of His truth. The light of the world is Jesus. You know, an interesting thing happens in Matthew chapter 5. You can look that up if you want to. Jesus says of His disciples, you are the light of the world. In this dark world, even the small light that, that shines from me or that shines from you, like those candles in the in the darkness during that two minutes that seemed like two hours. That small light shining in you and, and through you can light the path for people or, or even as people are attracted to the light, they, they can be attracted to you so that you can show them to the true light who's coming into the world. The Word became flesh, and dwelt among us. The light shines in the darkness, still today. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Jesus is the light of the world. May his light shine in your life, and through your life. Amen. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.